Welcome to the next episode of The Category Mistake. I'm your host, Richard Mariello, and I am posting this late, uh, two days late, actually. Um, it's kind of Halloween weekend got away from me and got so busy, I just ran out of time, which I know some of you did. Some of you, you know, probably have never had that issue on Halloween, but I don't even have kids at home, but we did an event and it was a, went from a couple hours to a two-day excursion. So today I'm going to talk about something that <clears throat> I used to be very, very passionate for, and I'm still passionate about, but in a different way. Uh, sports. Growing up, uh, sports is something that you would think either you know was loving or, or, or I loved or my parents loved or a little of everything, but really it was it was an excuse to be quiet in our house for two hours at a time. Um, I grew up in a household where we loved certain sports, only certain sports, certain teams. Um, the Celtics, my mother would actually pray at church. She'd, um, she would ask for prayer for the Celtics on a Sunday, just out of the blue. It was crazy. Um, I remember going over to my, one of my mother's friend's house to watch the 1986 Super Bowl between the Bears and the Patriots. Um, we watched sports and it was, that was what we were doing. There was no middleman. There was no, that's what we did on a Sunday. Um, my mom would work Monday through Friday, sometimes more, but on Sundays for like two to three hours, if it was a Celtics game or a Patriots game or <clears throat> really the Red Sox, not much on TV, but those two and then Notre Dame football once in a while on a Saturday, we would stop everything and watch them. And that was kind of like our, what we did. Um, we didn't talk about it. We didn't like, uh, I didn't learn all my sports lingo from my parents. Uh, they were definitely players that I liked. Like a lot of people in the 80s, you know, Larry Bird, Danny Ainge, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish for the Celtics. Um, of course, there was Steve Grogan and, and Irving Fryer and Andre Tippett for the Patriots. And what's weird is in Maine, where I live, uh, back in that time, and still to this day, uh, the Patriots would be blacked out. So a lot of times, the Giants would be what was on TV. So you had a lot of Giants fans because that was what was on TV. So I learned about the New York Giants and, you know, Phil, Phil Sims and Jeff Hostedler and Lawrence Taylor and that group. But sports was not a... It was like what it is today in 2021. It was, it wasn't about entertainment. It was honestly just about getting away from the craziness of the world as our family, because our family had a lot of stressors and a lot of anxiety. But for that two hours, we didn't complain about it. We weren't even allowed to really talk. For those two hours, we were supposed to just, you know, stay quiet. And that's kind of what we did. Growing up that way, I took sports as something as really, really important. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, and that's okay. But what I did have is that two hours on a Sunday. So what started happening is that I became obsessed with the sports that my parents would watch, and then I started watching. 
I would stay up late and listen to the Red Sox on the radio. I would sneak down and watch from the stairwell sporting events on the TV in the living room after I was supposed to be in bed. It became addicting to me. And this happened all the way till I got married. And even after I got married, sports was something that I had to see. I couldn't miss a Patriots game, even if it was my daughter's birthday. And and that's actually the first time it hit me that it wasn't enjoyable for me. It was an addiction. So you say, well, that's kind of crazy. How can you be addicted to sports? I would watch every game, every minute of every game. And it was to a point where I wasn't enjoying it. I just knew I had to watch it. And I would be miserable watching it. And and I wasn't just like superstitiously watching it. I wasn't just, you know, watching it because it was my team. I would watch anything I could. And after a while, what you realize is you don't even know what you're watching. You just know you're watching something. Now, this really came to head for me in 2004. In 2004, the Red Sox made it to the World Series. Yeah. Well, they were down 3-0 to the Yankees. If you're from New England or a Red Sox or even a baseball fan, you kind of know the story. I was working at the time. I was working nights at the time. Second shift. My wife, lover, um, she would watch the games for me. And every time she watched, well, she didn't watch game one, two, or three. They lost. She watched game four. They won. Watch game five. They won. Six, seven. One, one. She watched all four games of the World Series. They would sweep the World Series. So in a way, you know, in my superstition, my wife helped the Red Sox win their first World Series. It was great. But then every time I watched a sporting event for a while, I would want my wife there. Well, my wife has other things to do. This is not something she enjoys. It's not something she's addicted to. And then I'd get cranky if they lost because she wasn't winning, watching. And then, you know, there'd be an argument over something so stupid as who was watching a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game or any hockey, anything. You name it if I had to watch it. And then later on, they started losing when she was watching. So I'd tell her not to watch. Nah, you're going to screw it up for me. And I got angry about it inside. And then... It got to the point where I had to sit in the same spot on the couch in the same seated position the entire game because I was worried that they would lose if I wasn't sitting correctly. The problem with that, of course, is the older I've gotten, the worse my body is at sitting still for that long in a certain position, and I can't get back up. Crazy, huh? Uh, So I forced myself a lot of times to be in pain to enjoy, quote-unquote enjoy, a sporting event for no reason other than if I didn't sit right, they were going to lose. Now, you would think, I'm talking about this in past tense, so it's a long time ago and I've learned my ways and everything's good and no big deal and I wish that was true. Up until about four weeks ago, this was me. I watched every game. And I complained if I couldn't watch every game. I was just, I was just miserable if I missed it. And this season I've missed 
I think three games. Now, one time I was pumpkin picking with my grandchild and apple picking, and it was great, and I don't care at all. Another time, um, we had a harvest fest at our church, and, well, I was busy, and I didn't. I saw, like, a few snippets of it. I watched the highlights afterwards. And another time, I don't even know what I was doing. Um, I, I think I was just busy. It didn't. The first one bothered me. By the third one, I'm like, you know what? It's okay. The world will keep spinning with or without me watching. I used to have to watch all 82 NBA games. Every Celtics game, if I could watch it, I had to watch it. And now I don't. Not because I don't like basketball. I love basketball. Players like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, the 80s, the 90s, even... The 2000s with Kobe and Shaq and uh, Paul Pierce, those guys, love them. Love their style. A little wacky, a little, little different now than it used to be. I love the sport. But to contribute 170 hours plus of te- television time to that and be so absorbed with it to where I can't I, I lose time with my wife or my kids or my grandkids. It just doesn't seem worth it to me anymore. Now, the watching of basketball and baseball and even hockey and other sporting events, that's been years in the making. I'm much better at that. Football is now my addicting sport. And maybe because that's only you know, 16, 17 games and the playoffs and yada, yada, yada. Maybe it's only once a week, and that's why. So there's not as many games. I mean, basketball is 82, baseball is 162, hockey is 82. That's a lot of games compared to 16, 17. Also, they're on three or four times a week compared to once a week for football. So again, you know, I can in my mind say, okay, I'm only doing it once. It's okay. It's okay. I don't know why. It's so addicting to me. And that's something I've struggled with my whole life um, is addiction. And that's where I'm going with all this. I know it's been 10 minutes of me babbling on about sports, but it's the addiction part of it. When I find something that I enjoy, I don't just like it. I'm addicted to it. Um, It can be can be anything as simple as, you know, a Mountain Dew or a, you know, a certain sandwich, a certain drink, a certain way of doing things, a certain TV show. In my life, I've been addicted to a lot of things, some good, some not so good. When I was a teenager, I was addicted to substances that aren't exactly good for you. I changed that. I got away from that. But I replaced that with addiction with a different substance. I went to high caffeine, high sugar drinks. So I stopped drinking. But again, I replaced it with something that was not as quote unquote bad and not as illegal for a teenager to be drinking. But it was still something that's not great for me. And for the longest time, I drank so much caffeinated beverages, mostly Mountain Dew that it became, if I didn't have it, my day was destroyed. But in the end, I went from alcohol, 
stronger drinks to Mountain Dew. And then it took a doctor basically saying, you're killing yourself with caffeine and sugar. Now, you know you're drinking a lot of caffeine and sugar when the doctor's like, please, just stop. And so I got myself into seltzer water. First flavored seltzer water, then just plain seltzer water. But I'm addicted to that too because now I drink more seltzer water than should be allowed. I probably drink a couple, maybe a gallon or two a day, which is a lot of seltzer water. And it's not cheap because I don't get the, the cheap stuff, which maybe is why and another reason that I need to look at it. I used to watch sports a lot, but then I replaced it. And I watched shows like 24 and, and 24 is a great show, but I would literally watch all the first season, all 24 episodes. Then before the next season came, I'd watch all season one again and then watch season two. And then before season three came, I'd watch one and two and, and so on and so forth to the point where my kids picked up on it and they knew what I was going to do. It's just a continuation. Now, in 2021, we binge everything. We watch all of something. Like my wife and I have watched so many TV shows in the last year because of COVID. Everything from, you know, The Good Place to um, we're watching The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, Westworld. Anything you can think of that has a season or more, we're probably either watched or thought about watching. And that's because we don't know what else to do with our time right now. Because we're addicted to watching things from beginning, middle to end. And I don't know if you guys are like this. I mean, but we, you know, we watched Game of Thrones and we watched all the episodes and it took us not that long to do it. And we only watched it like Saturday nights, sometimes Sunday nights, maybe once other during the week. We watched one or two episodes. But if you continually do two or three four episodes you 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 finish 100 episodes really really fast my addiction problem even goes to my children i'm addicted to spending time with my kids to the point where at sometimes it's become unhealthy um and they've said stuff and they've and i don't think they've said it meanly but i've taken it meanly you know i do kind of want all their attention when I'm near them. I want them, I want to be the most important thing. And that's, if they're an adults, that's not their job. You know, my daughters, their husbands should be more important than me. My sons, their wives should be more important than me. Their children should be more important than me. Their children, I want their children to think I'm the most important thing when it should be their parents. And these are the things I'm working on. Because when I get addicted to these things, when I get addicted to the endorphins of feeling special or a sporting event that makes me feel good or a TV show that makes me feel good or a beverage that makes me feel good or a food that makes me feel good, I don't just have a piece or one show. I will stay up and do it all. If I didn't have my wife to stop me, I would probably do it all twice. I would just keep going until exhaustion hit. Even with my food choices, my seltzer water, I can drink three or four 40-ounce bottles 
and think to myself, I can do another one before bed. Why not? You know, I'm a little thirsty. It's crazy. I have green seltzer water bottles all over my house. Not because, you know, I don't pick up. It's because I drink so many, I can't keep up with the amount that I drink. My pu- The puppy we have, who's a year old now, so I guess he's kind of still a puppy, but not. He, he takes my bottles and steals them when they're empty because he loves playing with them. But there's so many of them, he never runs out of new bottles to play with. And that's because I can't, I'm ha- I have a hard time saying no. Same thing goes with my love life. Same thing goes with work life. When I work, if I like the job, if I love the job, I will work at it way past the point of exhaustion. My legs will be giving out. My head will be throbbing. My eyesight will be blurry. My back will be throbbing. And I'll be like, oh, I can do one more thing. And that's not right. That's not how you should be living your life. You should work to supply your needs to live a good and healthy life. You're not working to work. You're not living to work. You're working to live, I think is the old saying. But what's worse than my work addiction is my love life addiction. Now, I have never, I have never cheated on my wife. I have never been married to her and said I love you to another woman. I've never done any of that. But I'll tell you, it's hard for me because it's hard for me because I have an addiction to my wife. I want her to spend all of her time with me. And when she doesn't, I always start second guessing myself. Does she love me now? Does she hate me now? Does she love me now? Does she hate me now? Does she want me? Does she not want me? Am I ugly? Am I disgusting? Am I disturbing? Am I happy? Am I sad? Because she loves me or she doesn't love me. And that's something I've always struggled with. And it's because what the feeling I have when we're on, when we're, when we're in sync, is so addicting I don't want to give it up. I never want to do something different because if I do something different, it could change the feeling I get when I'm around her. So it makes it hard for me because I can't always do the same thing. You know, if I go out and we go out and get her a new car, I can't get her a new car every day. If we go out and we go out to a nice dinner and we go to a movie and that feeling is amazing. We can't do that every day. It's not feasible for a normal person to buy a new car, to go out to dinner or to do a fabulous date or to go to Brazil or any of this craziness all the time. They're special events because they're special events that don't happen that often. If I took my wife to Brazil every couple weeks, it wouldn't be special. It would just be another trip to Brazil. If I did all this stuff all the time that made my wife quote unquote happy all the time it 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 loses its magic but I still want that so sometimes I I stupidly think oh I I know what I'll do 
I'll make it work this time. I'll do this and then this will happen and then she'll be happy. And if you've ever dealt with anybody with an addiction problem, now I know my addictions aren't the same as everybody. I'm not saying they are. But if you've ever dealt with anybody with an addiction problem, you you understand that it's the next fix. When when can they get the next fix? When can they get more of the things that give them that that feel, that kick, that happiness, that joy, that that fix, right? The problem is there's never enough of the next fix to take care of it. And what I've been realizing more and more is no matter how much Lynn gives me, no matter how much she loves me and cares about me and supports me and deals with my craziness, that isn't going to be enough for tomorrow or the next day or the next day. She would have to physically, mentally, and spiritually, wholeheartedly, she would have to give me 300% of herself every day for a while, and then that would wear out. I cannot, she cannot fix my addiction and my problems with it. And that's where I've come to grips with today is I've realized that Lynn is not the problem. Mountain Dew, not the problem. Seltzer water, not the problem. It's not, it's not work. It's not church. It's not any, it's not a sporting event. Uh, It's none of that. What it is, is me being willing to say, I've had enough today and to be okay with it. And that's a struggle that I feel is going to be a long-term thing for me. I do not feel, and maybe I'll be wrong, and I hope I am, I do not feel like tomorrow I can wake up and say, today I'm just going to be a normal husband doing normal day activities and I'll be okay with whatever happens. I just don't see myself doing that. I don't see myself just waking up one day and being content. I really think it's going to take a while. And here's the struggle with that. And this is how deep my problems go. I get addicted to trying to fix my problems. I get addicted to trying to figure out new innovative ways to deal with my stress and anxiety. This podcast actually is part of it. This podcast is about me figuring out ways to deal with certain things. So my wife and I joke about the podcast and why I'm actually doing it. She used to say, well, it's just because you talk so much and talk to somebody else and, you know, Talk about your mind and your problems and da 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 with let other people listen to it. And that's the that's what we joke about. But really, this is about me learning to talk to other people. And I don't have to see your faces. Some of you I know are listening that I, I've known you or you know me, and that's great. Um more scary actually. Um 
but it's just putting my voice out there and getting things that is on my mind off of it. I'm addicted to things. I'm a, I used to be addicted to being, you know, super healthy. Then I was addicted to not being healthy. Then I would, you know, so now my, my push is to work on not being addicted, but being normal, being okay with mediocre, and it sounds horrible, being okay with mediocre, being okay with okay, not having a struggle because I can't fix the world's problems. Not having a struggle because, you know, I don't know everything. Or struggling because um, I like this and they don't have any left and people don't understand my pain. And it, a lot of it is being okay with being okay. And though it sounds really easy, and it really does, it's not. I, I've never been okay with being okay. I've always struggled with being the middle, the, a kid, the, you know, quote unquote middle child. Um, I've always struggled with being the kid that doesn't have a lot of friends because, well, he's a little weird. Um, and again, I'm going to be okay with that. I have friends now. I always joke that I don't. I have people who care about me, not just my children not just my wife, actual people who don't have to do it, but want to do it. I have people in this world who actually want to be part of my life. And I've got to be okay with that. I've got to be okay with people actually caring about me. I joke because where I work right now, um, because I'm not teaching, the store owner keeps saying things like, you know, you're helping out a lot. Thanks so much. Da, da, da. And it's so hard for me to say, you're welcome. Because I don't feel like I'm doing anything productive. I feel like I'm more of a pain in the butt than I am a helper. He's like, no, man, you have no idea how much help you are. And I think to myself, by doing what? Understanding computer, you know, tech, you know, computer language and how to file stuff? That's not that big of a deal. But it is. It's a big deal because... He doesn't know how to do it, <laughs> you know, and, and I do, I know how to do it. I know how to do it and I know how to process things and I'm pretty damn good at it. I'm good at it and I should be okay with being good at it. When I do stuff, certain locations, I'm like, I'll just do this, 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 and this. People look at me like I'm crazy. That's just how I see things. It's that easy for me. But then I always go, well, you know, it's not that hard. It's just that I've done it more than you. Some of that is I've done it more than them. But some of it is just I know it. And I've always been so nervous about taking credit for knowing it. It's okay if I know that. It's okay to be okay. It's okay to be good at something. And not like, Sometimes I'm, you know, you're talking like, oh my God, you're so cocky. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, it's okay for me to say, hey, 
I know how to fix this problem. I fixed it. Someone says, thank you. And I'm saying, you know what? You're welcome. I'm glad I could help. Instead of just going, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, everyone knows it's pretty easy. It's just I've done it. More. Just take the credit and be okay with it. So this all started with sporting events, right? Sports. The things that, I'll be honest, I'm better at being addicted at than I used to be, but I still watch a lot of sports. Not as much as others. Not as much as people I know. But still a lot. It does take a lot of my time. We'll see on Sundays. But I'm okay with missing some of it now. It also is talking about me, my addiction. And I really noticed my addiction coming out with sports. And then it started trickling down to, well, you know, it's also this. And it's also this. And it's also this. And now that I know these problems, and I know that they're real problems, they're not like, well, you know, um, I think I might have, uh, mm, uh, no, I do. I know what it is. I need to fix it. I know what I need to fix it. It's going to take time. But I also know that I can do this. And I will do this because it's what's healthiest for me, for my family, for my kids, my grandkids, someday my great-grandkids, and so on and so forth. And I'm happy that at least I have a life today that I can do this and I have the opportunity to be better. So thank you for listening. Sorry again I was late. This was actually a big deal to me. It was bothering me a lot because I was late. But again, this is something new. I, I've, I've got to be okay with being late. It, no one is dying if I don't play this for you know an extra day and a half. Thank you all for listening. and Have a beautiful week. And I'll see you next week.